0: life with your kids. Welcome. Anna Zekalo Reeves, CEO and founder of Tiny Chefs Incorporated and Tiny Chefs Franchise, the leading and premier recreational cooking school for kids in the DC metro area since 2007. Anna's master's in reading and literature and bachelor's in elementary education supported her in the education field for over 10 years, teaching children ages 5 to 13. Her career began in upstate New York, traveled to North Carolina, and culminated in the D.C. metropolitan area. While a kindergarten teacher, Anna combined her passion for teaching along with her ravenous interest in cooking to create the concept of cooking in schools and camps as a turnkey program. Her culinary adventures began by watching Food Network and attending professional cooking and pastry classes. Anna, welcome to Momnificent.
1: Yeah, thank you for having me. Very much. Very excited.
0: Where are you enjoying Momnificent from today?
1: I live in Maryland, Silver Spring, Maryland. You're
0: like probably the closest guest I've ever
1: had. <laughs> I know. Oh we're, what, an hour away from each other? Yeah,
0: yeah. I love that. I've had so many guests from California, and I'm like, I love palm trees. Go, go say hi to them for me. <laughs> no, I'm kidding.
1: We're going to have to do a, a meet a meet and greet.
0: A meet and greet. Yeah, we'll do <laughs> definitely do that. Well, we'll do Facebook live, but in first in person. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) So, Anna, what's one thing I love asking this question? What's one thing you've done recently that you have or maybe you haven't done in a while that just brings you joy?
1: I would have to say the first thing that came to mind is I implement alone time with my daughters. And so last Saturday, I just randomly. um, So when they stay with their dad, I like to pick up my kids one at a time and just spend some individualized attention and time with them for like three hours. So we went and did that last Saturday with one of my girls. That is so, oh, I bet they love that. They love that. So we can eat at the restaurants they like, or we can go do an activity that they choose. And we just hang out. Like there's no, there's no real other reason other than to just connect on, you know, just one-on-one time.
0: And I love that because so many parents who have multiple kids are like, how do I give attention one-on-one? Like, how do you even balance that? And that is such a really great way to do that. Hmm. I I know they'll never forget that either. (sighs) Right. That just well,
1: well, the reason why I do it, it it goes a long way when you give your child that one-on-one attention, it, it has them feeling differently than the dynamic of a group setting.
0: And time. I mean, that's everyone. If you spend quality time with people, that is like so precious and valuable, right? For
1: anyone. not just kids.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You're so right about that. So Anna, can you tell us a little bit about your journey first as an elementary school teacher and how you were inspired to create and start the tiny
1: chefs? Yeah, sure. So elementary school teaching was something that I'd been wanting to do forever, specifically the kindergarten, first grade level. I love the I love being the one teacher that they see coming into their kindergarten um, because it, it paves the way for their whole entire education, I feel. Um, so I chose kindergarten for that reason. And while I was teaching kindergarten, this was in 2006, I started cooking in my classroom as an afterschool activity. And it got so popular that I had not one, not two, but three days of after school cooking with Ms. Ekelo. <laughs> And at that time, I didn't have kids or, or anything, um, you know, obstruct, uh, obstructing me from that. So we did that. And a year into it, I decided, let's start Tiny Chefs because no other school was really providing cooking in the capacity that I was. So I went ahead and called up a lot of schools in the DC Metro and just asked, Is, would this be something you're interested in? And they were like, heck yeah, let's go now. So that's how the startup started. And it wasn't intentional. It was just something that I found um, taking my two passions of cooking and working with kids came together in such a natural way. And I was like, "Whoa, this is a no brainer.
0: That is so fun. So we actually have a cooking cart at my school. I love it. And a teacher or two over the years has brought the cart in, made a little, like, pasta dish. We all try it. I think when COVID hit, we all, like, everything went went south, right? So we haven't really, like, brought it back in. But it's so funny now that you say that. We have a cooking cart in the end of the hallway at my school. And at some point, we'll have to revive that. But, um, oh, my gosh, I'm sure the kids... Loved that.
1: Loved that. It was... Who
0: does that in elementary school, right? It was
1: really cool because they were familiar with me and there came a point when school year was over and it was summertime and I said to myself, well, how do I keep doing this without my classroom? And I really had to like think outside the box. And I said, well, I don't really want to get a brick and mortar. So how can, is this possible if I were to go into their homes? And the parents were really welcoming of the idea and um and then we so that summer i took 6 of my kids that said they wanted to do it and i said the only caveat is you have to um host one of the weeks and so we rotated whose house it would be at and i just oh, showed up god. with my oh you know, my god i brought all of the pots and pans and it was amazing oh my word that's and how many ki- you'd
0: have to limit that right how many kids I had
1: would- 6 well i put the invitation out like who wants to do this with me to you know 50 kids and 6 kids said I'll do it and I said oh would you want to host?" and then you went yeah. to each of their houses and they all came yeah. to each one. Oh my yeah. goodness that is
0: so fun
1: and then that's how it all started then I said well why don't I do birthday parties and I just put out a little ad and and then started doing birthday parties at people's homes <laughs> oh my gosh and then where where so how many years did you do that so we're still doing it now. So Tiny Chefs is one of my big companies and we just got franchisable. So we are ready to franchise out, but we've been doing it for 15 years now. And I just- have over hundred employees. In what locations? DC Metro. So okay. we have been working in, we work with a lot of different counties here, Arlington County, Montgomery County, um, Fairfax County, and then all the, a lot of different private schools um, and then a lot of the, the public schools that are outside of those counties, we do too. Like some in DC, we have a public DC. Is it hard to find people to run it? Well, so I am looking for a specific type of employee that works for Tiny Chefs. So I want someone who... It is difficult to find the type of person with a bubbly you know, personality and they, and, and they have to have availability in the middle of a, a workday between Monday through Friday between two and five if they're going to work at our school. So it's usually older women who have sort of gotten outside, maybe they're retired or, um, you know, we, we hire people who have moved to the area and they're still trying to sort out their lives and they piece together, you know, a few different jobs. So we find people. It's been, you know, it's been tricky, but we do it.
0: Yeah. Oh my yeah. gosh, that's so fun. Um, so let's let's uh, shift just a little bit to parenting. And you mentioned conscious parenting and how would you describe that? And how do you incorporate that into family life and help, help us make sense of that for our listeners?
1: Right. Yeah, conscious parenting was not a term I understood 10 years ago. And, you know, I've learned a lot through um, a woman named Dr. Shafali, She does a lot of coaching on conscious parenting, and really what it boils down to is how aware are you being about the way that you're parenting, how you're showing up, and so I know for me, I used to sort of go on autopilot and parent the way that I was parented, and I used to not understand if I was triggered by a certain thing that my children did. I didn't understand the complexity behind it. And when you are a conscious parent, you get that the things that you're seeing in your children's behavior that you may or may not, that you typically don't like, it's literally tied to the way that you were parented. It. And it's tied to your inner. You know, things, something that may have happened to you when you were a child and you were parented negatively. If you haven't resolved that yet, then that's going to come up in the way your children show up. And it's going to come up in how you react, versus respond to the thing that's happening. Right. So it's a really, um, really insightful because what I teach is that parents need to look at how they're showing up, how they're speaking to their children. how they're reacting versus responding.
0: So what what do you say to them when they, they do notice something that isn't so great? And then they're like, 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 can you give us like a little brief look into what that looks like at that point point or That's what they it. could do?
1: Right. So a lot of it comes down with just recognizing that you don't feel right inside. So say you're going about your morning and you know you've done you feel you're in a good place. And then all of a sudden your child is resisting part of the morning routine. And then all of a sudden you're noticing like, ooh, I wanna yell or I want to, I don't feel good about this anymore. That right there is the first step. Acknowledge that you're not feeling centered. And then, because if you don't acknowledge it, then you just go into autopilot and you start, just things come out of your mouth, right? That are not typically effective and it's making the situation worse. So acknowledgement is the first step. And then all of a sudden the next step is, Removing yourself, if you need to, removing go just go to another room and get space, and then you can say to yourself, "What's actually happening right now? Am I feeling?" And it takes it takes a certain amount of vulnerability with yourself to because you're now looking inside. It's not really about your child not doing the thing; it's about what you're feeling about that, right? So, if um, you know, for instance, I'll give you an example. Um, if in the past we were, had to go to the bus. We had to be out the door at a certain time. And I would have anxiety. I would start feeling anxious if one of my children was cutting it too close to the time they needed to go. And so I would like on autopilot, I would raise my voice. I would say, look, we got to get out the door. Let's go. Just pick some shoes. Let's go. And that would then create anxiety in her and no one's going faster, right? They're actually freezing up Right, and I I didn't get this, and so I kept the pattern. Every morning, I keep doing the same thing and being like, why am Why are we not Why is she just not getting her shoes on faster? Well, I didn't realize what all that I was doing, and so now, it's we we create routines in our house where there is no more of that. I don't engage in that way. I just go about my business, and they know what they need to do. So I had to set certain things into place for me to get out of my anxiety, my place of anxiety.
0: Is one of those things having her put her shoes out the day before?
1: Absolutely. They have to go out the night before because then people aren't scrambling, where's my shoes? Which one do I want of my ten pair in front of me? It's just, you know, or you know, or there's two in front of you. They don't have to even think which one am I gonna go to? It's already out. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So what if a mom is listening and they or maybe someone they know struggle with connecting with their child? What what's one tip? You have for us today
1: so it all boils down to every day take 10 minutes per child and it could be more than that if you have 40 minutes or 15 or maybe it's 10 minutes at one point in the day and then 10 minutes at night so then you're stacking and it's, it's more than 10 but you know, if you've got three kids and you've got only a couple of hours before the time you come home from school and then all of the dinner and they're making lunches and going to bed circulate around to each one of their rooms and just hang out with them give them find out what it is they're doing and then go be there in their space and that really goes a long way because then you are on there you know in their room in their space and hanging out with them and or just saying hey what are you doing can i be a part of that and that really means a lot Mm -hmm. and that's how you connect
0: that's really helpful and, and when kids and teens are maybe on the flip side, they're acting out at home or school, um, what could lie underneath that, that behavior?
1: I love that you said that. There's always something that lies underneath, right? Because when we're angry, it's covering up for something. It's covering up sadness or some type of feeling. It's never really about the anger. So if something is coming up that you see is not right with your child and they're not feeling right, you don't wanna just pounce and start picking and start asking. You want to just start watching. And like I said, go in their space, hang out for a little bit with them, especially their teen and tween, just be on their level. Like even if they're playing, here's a, one thing that parents can do. If your kids are in those video games, and cause I know my girls play on their phone, they'll play like Roblox or their place, you know, Minecraft or something. And their friends are on there. They say to me, mom, can you get an account and play with me? And so I can be on my phone playing Roblox. It immediately like breaks down any type of um, boundary that we had because now we're laughing together, right? And and I'm going into their zone. I'm going into their world. And that makes a huge thing. And then the kids will start opening up because you are being vulnerable and you're putting yourself out there differently.
0: So what would you say to a parent? A mom um, had a question last week her teenager, like, doesn't want to talk to her. It's hard for her to talk to him. He's a boy. So mom, boy, getting teenager growing up. He's just in that, you know, quiet mode where he doesn't talk. And she's like, I just want to talk to him. Like, what can we help her with?
1: So you there's different ways you have to figure out do they verbalize things better or are they writers? Because you could do a shared journal. If the child is uncomfortable speaking about their vulnerabilities, they might be open to writing down a shared journal. So a parent-child journal, and that could be one way. Um, And again, just taking them out. Maybe maybe you you do it once a week, but you're taking them out and you're just going to a movie. You're creating more opportunities for them to be vulnerable
0: thank you and okay so how do you do it you run your kids you've got your jobs you're trying to take care of yourself how in the world do you balance it day to day help a mom out here
1: (laughs) (laughs) so this was something i learned about four years ago carve out your time in the morning before the kids get up so if they you get them up at seven I get up somewhere around five or 5.30, um, six o'clock latest so that I know that I have a good hour plus to myself. And in that time, I do a reading, I'll read 10 pages of something personally, um, you know, where I can learn something. So I'm getting that fill. So then the whole rest of the day, if I don't get a chance to sit down with a book, I'm okay with it. Cause it's already checked off my list and there's meditations that you could do all the things that bring you joy and peace and calm, carve that out before the kids get up. And then all of a sudden you're, you you've got so much steam to go through your day.
0: Mm. I love that. Someone told me once, if you go to bed 30 minutes early, set your alarm in the morning 30 minutes early, and and they were talking about, like, getting time in to read a book, like something, whatever, self-help, inspirational, what have you. And for a period of time, I did that, and it was amazing. Like, one little thought and idea like that, I was like, oh, well, I could do that instead of, like, I never have time to read. I'm so busy, X, Y, Z. So that was... That's, it's, that's a, it a seems
1: impossible for me in the beginning, because I, I just said to my, so that's the thing. If there's a roadblock in your head, you have, and where I used to say, I don't have enough time in the morning. Well, do exactly what you just said. Start building up a tolerance. So the night before, put yourself to bed 15 minutes early. And then in the morning, carve out 15 minutes. And then the next night, do another 15 minutes. And then the next day, it's half an hour until you build up that space. And then that's all of a sudden your beautiful. body just recalibrates.
0: That's a really great idea, especially if at first you're like half an hour, oh my, like, or whatever it is in your mind, it can just be like, well, that's impossible. But I love, like, if you chunk it, it's like, okay, that's a little manageable. Wait, I can handle that.
1: Yeah. Everything is manageable. <laughs> That's
0: a great idea. Um, so you also provide coaching. So how did you get into coaching? Where did that come about? Did you always want to be a coach? Like, wh- help, help us with that. Tell us that story. So
1: interesting. One of my thankfulness to COVID because it opened up space for me to really reach out, reach inside myself, and say, Anna, you're you are a coach. It's time that you now go do that because I always had been, but I hadn't labeled it and. Um, I didn't, I didn't even know where to start a year ago. So I went and I got three different certifications. I did um, a Jay Shetty certification. I did one in neuro-linguistic programming, and I'm still finishing that one up. And I'm now doing a hypnotherapy um, with Marissa Peer, her RTT program. So, you know, it just started coming out of me, bubbling out of me. And I said, now's the time to do that. So, so happy
0: I did. And, and what, what have you found in that, that excites you or like you never realized before, or what have been like amazing ahas for you throughout this?
1: Well, number one, doing the process of coaching, I was able to get coaching. So all the things that I'm practicing, I do on myself first, or I have someone, you know, work with me in that capacity. So I've had all kinds of things cleared out of me and now I can show up differently. It's, Mind blowing! The changes I've made in the past year just through my journey in coaching, but take this and now be able to go help another woman um, advance in a way that she couldn't figure out how to. Right? Like give someone a lifeline, and I feel like it's this is what I'm here. This is my real purpose on on Earth is to like really serve women in this way.
0: So. Would you share with us one thing that
1: you did struggle
0: with and how you overcame it?
1: Absolutely. I mean, lots of different things. So for every person, we are born with the capacity to love. That's just something that we're born with. Okay. We don't have to like go learn how to love somebody. It's just in us. But we do learn um, the, five, the six emotions. We do learn guilt. We do learn shame. These are elicited um, feelings, sadness, hurt fear and anger and so we walk around with these sadnesses and all of these feelings and until it's cleared out we are not really fully able to you know receive the things that we were here to receive and so i've cleared all all of those but my very last one i didn't think i had shame no i don't need to do any exercises on shame and so you know, I didn't in the beginning in my beginning journey, and then a couple months later, I went to my second round of coaching for NLP, and I said, "Let's do shame just for fun. Let's see." And it was my biggest, biggest release ever. It amazing! It oh my amazing. gosh. So shame for me was huge. Wow! And mm-hmm.
0: at first, you were like, "No, nothing really there." Isn't I didn't I had it so pushed down so far that oh I couldn't even really see it in my own self. So what if someone's like, yeah, 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 coaching, yeah, I hear people say that, whatever, that's just not for me, or who, I don't have time for that, like, what would you hope someone would take away from what you're saying today, if, if, if we're like, yeah, that's great, maybe one day.
1: So it's a build up. And we all, in my opinion, we all go around suppressing um, things from our unconscious programming from our childhood. So there comes a point when that is going to bubble over. So I just say, okay, you know, I don't press anyone to come, to come work with me or to go clear anything out. You know, even the words clearing things out, people sometimes are resistant to that. And they're like, I'm good. I'm good. Okay. Well, when things get to a point where you're not good, they'll come, people will come seek out and they'll say, look at, okay, I'm ready for you now. And I'm like, okay, then I'm ready for you because I, we weren't meant to work together until you got to this point
0: and yeah. what and what's uh, i mean i know everything's confidential but what's something you see women struggle with that you've seen them come f- become free from that oh is like a just a beautiful little snapshot story you can just share with us
1: um, mostly feeling worthy um feeling like we can show up in life feeling that we can we don't have to put on a mask to go to work and be this happy person all the time when Um, what's, and then when we're not at work, then we're this other person. And then when with our friends, we're another person, right? So we want to integrate all of these egos, all of these personalities that we've developed all through the years. And we want to integrate and show up as our true self in every scenario, no matter who, where we are.
0: That is absolutely freeing to know that I could actually be who I am, accept who I am, regardless of what feedback I'm getting from people around me about who I think they think I need to be. Right. It, wow. Wow. What and you're a-
1: knowing It really comes from the inside out as opposed to the outside in. Yeah. <laughs>
0: What's one of the most important lessons you've learned in life? One, I know it's hard. Sometimes we're like, <laughs> is that the most important <laughs> one? Just tell me one lesson that you thought was so valuable in life that, that you could leave our listeners with.
1: To listen, to really recognize that you have an inner light inside of you and to let yourself shine and not wait for other people to give, give you that permission to do so. So just trust your inner glow.
0: I love that. <laughs> and and I have another one. It might be similar, but I love asking this question. What's something you wish someone told your younger self?
1: Oh my God. Today? I mean, I, my younger self is the girl who I need, who I am now. So I needed me when I was a teenager, bad. And it was just, I was like, someone, please send me a lifeline. Somebody help me out here. And guess what? It was all in me already. I already knew it all. I just had to get out of my own way.
0: I absolutely <laughs> love that. Wait, you have to say that one more
1: time. To get out of your own way, everything you have. And is already inside of you. You just have to tap in, be, be brave and look inside.
0: Oh my God. I absolutely love that. I'm so glad you shared that with us today. So how Anna can someone find and follow you?
1: Oh, um, so many different ways. I have my coaching website, which is AnnaZCoaching.com. And then through there, you can access my Instagram or my Facebook you can also check us out on Tiny Chefs, which is tinychefs.com, and see what we do over there with kids. So one's for the moms, one's for the kids.
0: Well, Anna, thank you so much for your time today. You, you are an absolutely beautiful, inspiring person. And if just one thing you said just help, helps lifts a listener today, it totally makes it worth it. And thank you for your time. Thanks for being you and making the difference that you're making for each and every one of us listening today. Thank you.
1: Thank you for linking up with me and giving me this platform. Appreciate you as well.
0: Well, that's all we've got for this episode of the Momnificent Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, I would be honored if you would subscribe and rate if you really liked it. I know wherever you're listening right now, it might not be the best time to leave a comment, but feel free to leave a question, a review, or a comment at any time. And until next time, remember, don't worry.